Okay, I'm going to do this for just a second, but I'm going to do this part. Welcome everybody to The Real Deal. This is Rachel Inouye and I'm so excited that you joined me because today I have a guest that I'm delighted to interview and I'm also starting for my first time where we will videotape this and put it on my YouTube channel. So those of you who are listening on The Real Deal, you're used to audio and I'm grateful for all you real dealers out there, but I also am grateful for new listeners. So today I have a guest that I'm delighted to introduce to you. This is Steve Backlund and Steve, it's so odd because you don't know me at all, but I feel like I know you. I feel like I know you your wife, Wendy. I feel like I know your black lab. lab. I think it's Duncan. I feel like, I mean, I've been part of some of the different things and online presence that you have. I'm just delighted that you would even say yes. So welcome to The Real Deal. Rachel, it's an honor to be with you. And I love the title, The Real Deal. We want to be The Real Deal. Right? Yeah. It's so exciting. And I just want to introduce you if you're okay. So sit back and smile pretty as I do this. This came from your website. But there are a number of people who will know for sure, because some of my sphere of influence, I tell them about Igniting Hope. I tell them about you, Steve. I tell them about Wendy, but some people won't. So I just want to read something because I loved the wording from your um, website. Steve Backlin is a prolific, love that, prolific encourager, catalytic author, joy activator, and revivalist teacher. He brings transformational levels of hope to churches and organizations around the world. Steve, you are uniquely gifted to release hope, joy and healthy leadership wherever you go. And I just want to tell my audience, hang on to your hat because I am confident that he is going to release some things that will bless you and encourage you and ignite hope in you. He just really will. And Steve, I just know you're a lot of fun. Uh, I think that you're super joyful. And I think there's probably a backstory to maybe when it wasn't always what you carried or how God has done that in you. But I bless that in you. And at the end of your fabulous podcast, everybody, it's called Igniting Hope Podcast. They're awesome. Like, 15 minutes, short little ones. And you feel like you've had an EpiPen of hope. You're just like ready, uh, shot in the arm. You're just ready to go. And at the end of those, he shares a lot of little nuggets that are one-liners that have really helped me. And Steve, I just want to honor you. I want to honor Wendy. Uh, I've had a difficult journey and I'm a hope carrier, but it was a difficult season, but I'd never lost hope. And I know part of that is because of the things you bring. So I just want to thank you. I really do. Oh, you're welcome. It's been great. So I saw you years ago at Bethel and I'm one of the online members of the Bethel family. And Steve, you were preaching and you were laughing throughout your whole sermon. And then you would say something. Then you'd say, well, let's just laugh at that. And everybody would laugh. And I caught on right away and I was laughing. And at the end, I I seriously felt like I had a core workout. I was like, oh, my goodness, I am my abs were hurting because I was laughing so hard. And I thought, who is this guy? And so I checked into you and I have been following you guys since. And I'm just so delighted because I want you to tell me a little bit in a moment about let's just laugh at that. I, I really want you to give me the backstory. But before we do, this is always how I start the real deal. And I hope you'll play along. Uh, rapid fire some questions. I don't want you to think through these too much. They're just whatever would come to you right away. Would you consider yourself a person that's either coffee or tea lover? Coffee. Dog, cat, either, neither? Uh, dog. Morning bird or night owl? Morning bird. Books or movies? Uh, books. Leaned in or laid back? Leaned in. Okay, I would say that too. A shower or bath? Shower. Driver or passenger? Driver. Do you like to eat at home or dine out? 
Home. And then this one trips people up. Don't get too snagged by it. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Um, combination of both. Okay. Maybe you're a learned extrovert because of certain things or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I prefer, I prefer time alone, but I do love people. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. So you know that this podcast is called the real deal. And you told me earlier that you love the title. So my father passed away in 2020, but he was Richard Dean Hagen. And he would always say, be the RD, be the real deal. And it really affected me in life. I, I love being Rachel. I'm grateful God made me. And he was an artist. So he would say, you know, wood should be wooden, shouldn't be pieces of laminate and pottery should look like pottery and leather, leather. And he would walk away and he'd say, "Ooh, that's the real McCoy. Or he'd say, be the genuine article. And then sometimes he'd leave someone's presence and he'd say, oh, they're the real deal. And it really affected me. So that is, he's been on my podcast four times before he passed and he was the real deal. So what I want to ask you, Steve, is, is there a person that comes to mind right away in your life that was the real deal? And how did that affect you? Somebody that was authentically who they are. Uh, the first person that comes to my mind is my wife, Wendy. She is the real deal. She is a, uh, let's put it this way, a, a reluctant leader. She has no aspirations to try to kick a door down so that she can have influence and be known. Yeah. And But I've just watched how the Lord has uh, taken her and put her in the front. And, you know, one of Wendy's core values that I really, it's impacted me. She has a belief system that if God wants somebody to like her, they'll like her. Yeah, and it's a whole attitude about favor and that she's going to have favor with the people that the Lord wants her to have favor with. So she's doesn't strive or doesn't pretend or doesn't try to impress. She is just the real deal. And she's one of the you know, she used to have a fear of public speaking, but she's had such great breakthrough in that she's mm. one of the most relaxed speakers there is because she doesn't really care what people think about her. And it's not a negative thing, you know, right. that she has a bad attitude towards people, but her security does not come from people liking her. Her security comes in who she believes that she is and who the Lord says she is. So Amen. when I think of the real deal, I think of my wife, Wendy. That, that is so good. And I was just part of the conference that was earlier um, where you guys were popping all the balloons and stuff was happening yeah. when a major point would happen and a balloon would pop. And <laughs> I, I, it was so much fun. But what I loved about her was she exactly said that. She didn't say things like, you know, I want to flip people off. She was just like, I, I kind of don't care because I know God will put me where he puts me. And you could yeah. tell she had that re relaxed sense. And I, I do believe that's the real deal. And I don't know if it's one of your declarations. I believe it is. I'm going to let my authentic self out, you know, to declare that. And I feel like she is, and you are, you know, you're just authentically who you guys are. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so delighted to even have you because I feel like people kind of sniff it out, whether you are, a, have an online presence or not, you kind of can tell, know if people are comfortable being who they are. 
you know, and not pretending or not wearing a mask. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this. A friend of mine, I texted today and said, you guys, please be praying because my friends uh, always pray when I'm doing the Real Deal podcast. And I said, you know, I just want you guys to be praying because it's the first time I'm also going to video it if Steve's okay. And you don't ever do the first thing when it's important, but oh, well, <laughs> so I did. And she said, are you kidding me? This is my friend, Jean. How fun is that? Especially because I tell so many people that God prepared the path of my 2022 for me through months and months of listening to Igniting Hope podcasts that you shared with me, Rachel. Please tell him hi for me. Mm. I need you to know she lost a son before he turned 30. And wow. it was really difficult this past year. And God led her through with such hope. And Scotty's life is still still touching thousands and thousands of people. And then just today or just yesterday, her son, the youngest, was diagnosed with a really rare um, dis disorder where his lungs were filling with blood and they thought he would die. And they said, he's not going to live. And they said, we have hope. <laughs> and he just was released. And it's on Facebook today to watch all the ways where after five weeks, he is home holding his newborn baby girl again. And she yes. just said, let Steve know God prepared me with knowing that hope is what I have. So I wanted to thank you on behalf of my friend, but also at the end of your podcast, Steve, you often use these little nuggets. I don't want to give them. I want you to give some of them. One is there's no hopeless situations and tell me how that one goes. Cause I know it, but I want you to share it. Yeah. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. It's very difficult to influence that which you do not have hope for. Mm. And our hope level uh, determines our influence level. And he who has the most hope has the most influence. Wow. <laughs> it's such truth. It's such truth. And I, I, I tell you, one of the verses that has carried me, and I actually used a marker. I, I don't know how it was at a craft night. You use this marker and you put it on a mug and everybody baked theirs and we decorated them. And mine was, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing mm. so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was an eight year journey that is now concluding, Steve. But so this was back in 2014. And I was like, making sure my little calligraphy was good. And I was like, may the God of and hope was bigger, you know? And when I ran across your things and it had what I would consider one of my inheritance verses, you know, a life verse for me, I was like immediately connected because we're believers. We're not to be doubters, right? Yeah. And you always stress the in believing. So give me a little background on either igniting hope or when you say like, let's laugh at that or kind of, I feel like there might be a backstory that I don't know of how these became these nuggets of truth that you knew you were the banner to carry them forward. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> most of our greatest ministry comes from what we've overcome. Right. You know, because we have a struggle and in that struggle, we need to find God in a way that's just beyond formulas or just, uh, yeah, it, right. we have to find a real solutions. Plus we have compassion for people who've struggled in the same area. And I struggled with hope, having hope. I was easily discouraged 
and and just so I mean, really, my my thinking, and really for all of us, our thinking is is the big battle. The battlefield is the mind. Right. So I was when Wendy and I we were had been on staff at a church in North Coast of California, and then in 1991 we went to be senior pastors of a small rural church in the middle of the desert in Nevada, about four hours from Las Vegas. And it was in that time that I realized that, man, I, my beliefs aren't really that good. And I was reading a book by Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. And one of the battlegrounds is the mind. Mm. And he said this, he said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. And that right. Rocked, you know, I closed the book. I became discouraged. I asked God to show me lies and believing. And I realized almost everything I believed in my life was a lie. And I was pastoring a church. <laughs> so that's had, a conundrum. That is a conundrum because I had good doctrine, good right. Bible doctrine. We need good Bible doctrine, but right. I had bad beliefs. And I really, you know, I began to understand because I, I thought all the strongholds were regional demonic principalities. Oh. I thought those were the things that were blocking the purposes of God. Then the Lord says, no, the, the strongholds are in our thinking. And a lack of hope right. indicates that that we have a stronghold in the area that we don't have hope in. And so like second Corinthians 10, four and five, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so the most quoted spiritual warfare passage in the Bible is not talking about demonic principalities. It's talking about strongholds in our own thinking. And the only command that's given is to take thoughts captive. Right. And we don't discount the, the, the strongholds of um, the, you know, I mean, the devil and all that, but, but he's not our biggest problem. Right. So this is where I'm learning. The backstory is, is that I'm getting confronted with the fact that what's really blocking God is not the devil, but it's my thinking. And it's the conclusions and the belief systems that I've made and the ones that I've repeated over and over again that have been based on feelings and past experience that are called strongholds. Right. And that's, wow, that's right. powerful. And then when you say, hey, you can identify a stronghold by where you don't have glistening hope. I said, man, I, I got a lot of strongholds. <laughs> I don't have any hope, let alone let it be glistening. I know, glistening. What, what is that all about? <laughs> right? No, I, I love that. And I feel that I, I feel like you talked about, you know, the Romans 12, 1 and 2, where we think it's to become the sacrifice. But the, the truth part was that there's the renewing of your mind. Like yep. the mind that we have that we're carrying around, whether we're at the grocery store in front of an audience, whether we're babysitting, doesn't matter. You have a mind and it needs to be renewed. Otherwise, those ruts are always um, our go to. 
So what did you do or how did you first, did you put your finger on one lie or did you go, God help me with this? And it kind of webbed forward. Um, and then I also want you to talk to me a little bit about Joshua and Caleb and the other people that had a report to go into the spies, because I love your perspective on that. So how did it start to unravel for you? Well, and I love the fact you bring up Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you know, you surrender our bodies, living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1, but then you right. Romans 12, 2, transformation comes through the renewing of the mind. And so we heard this, that, okay, transformation doesn't come from surrendering, surrendering your heart. It comes from surrendering your beliefs. Right. And so, okay, what, what beliefs do we surrender? We, we surrender beliefs where we don't have much hope. So I needed to surrender the belief that I was inferior to other leaders. I needed to surrender the belief that uh, there was something uniquely wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. Wendy needed to surrender the belief that she couldn't speak well in front of others and that uh, she was shy. Yeah. And so we, we began to say, well, okay, what are, are these? And so many of, a, of them really based on, you know, the lies were about our identity in who we thought we were. Right. Because we thought we were who our feelings and our past experience said we are. And we don't deny our past. We don't deny our feelings, but we just don't get our beliefs. Amen. From it. And so, yeah, it was, it was mainly identity, which really pulled in, okay, what is our view of God? How does God see us? Right. Because a lot of it came under a religious mindset that the Lord is really disappointed with me. He's just frustrated with me and, and all of those, you know, the accuser of the brethren lies that then got in me to uh, have me believe that, you know, I, I, I wasn't uh, passionate enough. I wasn't, didn't love God <laughs> enough. I wasn't supernatural enough. <laughs> and and, and so, it, I have to laugh at that lie because if you're not passionate enough, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be, but that's fun. Well, there's always somebody more passionate than us. And it seems to be at least. Right. But so I is that, that also, sorry, Go did on. that also kind of pair with the, let's just laugh at that? Because if you heard a lie, then you paired it with that. Well, how erroneous is this? Oh. God made me. And that, that that's a whole other story because when, when I was, beginning to understand that the real problem was how I was thinking and what I was believing. That was very discouraging. And, you know, right. like, oh, man, I'm a mess. And, and then the <laughs> Lord showed me Psalm 2, 4, where it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. laughs. And, the, and the context of that is, is that God is laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. He who sits in the heavens laughs. And I wow. thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to spiritual experimenter. If God's laughing at what his enemies are saying and the devil's my enemy and he's the father of all lies, then I'm going to do an experiment and I'm going to laugh at his lies. Now, I, you know, we said earlier that in second Corinthians 10, four, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're right. mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, laughter, in my opinion, is one of those weapons. It's not the Amen. only weapon, right. but it's one of them. Right. Because to laugh at the lies, creating our negative strongholds of victim mindset, pessimism, discouragement, unworthiness, shame, whatever. Right. The lies 
once we're able to laugh at the lies creating those negative strongholds, then we we disempower them. Amen. Because to laugh, you have to let go of something. <laughs> so laugh, good. The Bible says that a merry heart is good like medicine. And so that there's a health that comes. Yep. And obviously we don't laugh all the time. We right. weep with those who weep, but laughter is a weapon. So, you know, what do I, because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking, you know? Amen. I mean, oh yes. Amen. You know, uh, you <laughs> I'm not worthy to be blessed. There's something uniquely wrong with me. Oh, yes, that's got me. But then I start saying them out of my mouth. They sound stupid. Right. So, you know, uh, let me just give you a, a lie right now, Rachel, that you and I can laugh at. One of okay. the devil's all-time favorites. And I know everybody who's <clears throat> watching this broadcast has heard this lie. I'm Here sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's laugh at this one. Uh, you are a failure. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to laugh at. It is. We may have failed, but we're not a failure. There we're you more go. Than a conqueror. We 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 are the loved ones. Yeah, and and let me give you one more. Here, here's a good. Here's another one of the again, probably a top five lie of the enemy. Okay. God is not going to provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, because he's done it in the past. So that's his nature. He can't lie. He doesn't change. But the enemy makes you think somehow he's going to change in the future and not be the very yeah. essence of who he is. And that's a lie. It's a lie. And really, when we begin to understand this, you know, the, the battles between lies and truth. John 8, 32 says the truth will make you free. So Amen. anytime we believe truth, we first get free in our emotions, then we get free in our circumstances. Yep. If we believe lies, then we get restricted in our emotions and then also in our circumstances. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You sort of sound like Steve Backlund. He's a guy I follow and really enjoy his content. Mm. <laughs> I'd like to know that guy. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> no, no, that's really true. And Steve, when you were talking initially about just renewing the mind, for some reason, I saw like when I would go to my um, post office box and they give you like, you turn the key this many to the right and then you have to go past the nine and turn it to the left. And and then I also saw just a padlock. And I think some people can have just like one little digit that's off to actually unlocking the thing or opening the door. And what I love and I just want to bless you is I think you get people to renew the mind tweaked small enough that they're at that spot that oh, the door now opens or, oh, now the, the lock is off because it's in the mind and such um, minute little changes, maybe, but their belief systems that have a lot behind them. Yeah, I love to say you are one belief away from a tipping point. There you go. One there belief. you go. And I love what you're saying there because, again, we the enemy wants to think that we're so far away. Right. And it's just, we are just a long, long way away from breakthrough. Let's just laugh at that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so good. Okay. So can you tell me, I don't think it was Graham Cook, Steve. I think it's you that talks about when the spies go into the land and, you know, 10 say no, two say go, and who's correct. And I love your take on it because it relates to our mind or our thinking patterns. 
And yeah. I hope I didn't give too much background. I just want to make sure that it's uh, not. Uh, yeah, I love that story. I mean, yeah. Numbers 13 and Ezekiel 37 are two of the great chapters about beliefs. And so in Numbers 13, so Moses sends out, they're right on the edge of the promised land. Moses sends out 12 spies. They go and to spy out the land. Now their, their purpose, God had already said, I've given you this land. Just right. Like God has already said to us, I've given you these promises. But their purpose was to understand their opponent and get a battle plan for how they were going to defeat them. But 10 of them didn't understand that. So they come back after 40 days. They break up into two groups of people. One group is called the 10 spies and the other group is called Joshua and Caleb. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that two groups of people saw the exact same set of circumstances and put a different conclusion on what they saw. Right. And so the circumstance is almost never as important as the conclusion that we place on it. For instance, even what's happening in our nations right now, and you know, just the, what's happening in our nation is not as important as the conclusion that we place on what's happening. Because the 10 spies said, hey, you know what? This is a great place, uh, but there's too many ites there. Canaanites, yeah. you know, Jebusites, Hittites, some, even sons of Anak are there. We, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we are in theirs. And so, right. you know, even how they interpreted themselves was how they interpreted their circumstances which is a principle, how we see ourselves will be how we'll see life. But then Joshua and Caleb, they, they had a completely different mindset. They said, right. let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome it. Woo! Yeah, and, and I'm interested. I, 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 I'm especially interested in Caleb because I can understand Joshua. He hung out with Moses, spent extra time in the tent of meeting and the glory in the presence. But Caleb, he didn't have that benefit. He hung out with all the pessimists, right? all the victim mindset people, all the grumblers against authority. And, and somehow he broke out of the pack. Somehow he said, you know, when Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Mm. Somehow he said to himself, I'm not going to be conformed to the people around me. Mm -hmm. I am going to think at a different level. That's what leaders do. And Caleb's a leader. And I know I'm talking to leaders here. Leaders are thermostatic people who think, talk, and act higher than the environments they're in. Amen. They, they think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. And, and so Caleb, he, and I mean, Joshua and Caleb, they had a 40-year delay, but they entered in. Right, right. And, and so who's correct? Both are, right? If you think we can't take them, that's in your mind, you can't take them. If you yeah. think we can take them because God's with us, they're right because that's the mindset they started with. Yeah, both those who oh. say they can and those who say they can't are both right. Yeah, yeah. So it's so powerful because it sounds like it could be semantics. It's not. It's a game changer. It, it shifts everything. And 
you know, I, I love when you talk about either identifying lies. And I also want to get to declarations because Steve, Michael and I, my husband's Michael. Hi, Michael. Um, and yeah. he, he and I like try to do the declarations that uh, there's a hundred that were once in a thing. And then you have many, whether it's over leadership or during the pandemic, you put out ones and people, it matters what you say. And, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so it's so important to do the declarations, but it's not just John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. It matters that you're using God's word and that you've ruminated on it and you actually believe it. And so they believed they could do it and that God was with them and they spoke that out. And then you're right. Yes, they can. And so would you switch just a little bit and talk to me a little bit about declarations and what you've seen? Because I know you also put... Um, not just this isn't just repetitive rote Christian stuff, because I don't I don't even want to introduce anybody to something like that. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when I talk to myself, when I David preached to himself, I feel like I go around talking all day long. Well, I talk anyway. It's just who I am. But I, I talk to myself and I feel my spirit encouraged. And so would you address that a little bit and how you feel it's different than just positive thinking? Because you always end like, I'm not just positive thinker. Go ahead and tell me some of that. Well, you look at like, yeah, I love that. In, in Hebrews 10, 23, it said, let us hold fast the confession mm. of our hope without wavering. So don't let go of hope talk. Amen. And do it without wavering. And then it says, why? For he who promises faithful. And so uh, I like to say I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. Mm -hmm. And this declaration piece, when you think about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, one of the greatest ways we can renew our mind is by hearing. And you said already, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. Yes. And hearing by the word of God. And so the more I hear... Uh, the truths of God, it's going to be a key for me to actually believe it. Mm -hmm. Now, Romans 4.17 says, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that do not exist as though they did. Right. And so declarations are faith statements where we're calling those things that are not in our lives as though they are. It's the Joel 3.10 principle where it says, let the weak say, I am strong. It doesn't say, let the weak say, I'm not weak. It's not about denial. If you're battling weakness, get prayer, go to the doctor, uh, take medicine, but don't call yourself weak. Amen. Call, you're, you're a strong, per, you're a weak, you're a strong person having a weak experience. So I'm out in the desert in the 90s, hardly influencing anybody. And I feel like the Lord wants me to say things like I radically influence nations. Yes. He said, God, I thought you said thou shalt not lie. Okay. Would you please be consistent? <laughs> he said, well, Steve, let me ask you a question. Do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before you call it an apple tree? I say, well, no, mm -hmm. even if the apple tree's too young to have apples and those haven't manifested yet, we're not confused about the identity of that tree. And he said, think about it, Steve, you don't get your identity out of what you've done. You get your identity out of what you're created to do. Woo! 
I, and I'm created to influence nations. Amen. I'm created to uh, have abundance and, and help the poor. I'm, I'm created to have miracles happen through me. I'm created to be a great leader. I'm created to walk in protection. I'm created to walk in love. And, and so as I begin to come into agreement with God, with who I actually am and what my potential is, and, and because we... we a lot of people are, are, are passive in just waiting. Well, if God wants me to have this happen, yeah. it will happen. No, there, there has to be a partnering with God and the transfer being transformed into my true identity comes to renewing the mind. And so much of it is by what we say. So I'm out there <clears throat> and I'm making declarations. I radically influence nations. I'm a great speaker. Uh, I, I'm an author. And I was saying these things really before they were manifesting. Right. And uh, it, and I wasn't saying them to other people. I wasn't trying to convince yeah. other people. I was trying to convince me because my strongholds in me said, no, right. that's not true for you. Don't say, you can't say that because, and, and the, acute, the, the devil would get in there, accuse. And what's so, but what's so amazing is that the things that, that I said, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, have radically influenced my life. And what I'm living right now is so much of what I said when it was ridiculous to say it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I love it so much, Steve, because it's it's powerful. And when people get a hold of it and believe it for themselves, it's it's transformational in their lives. I, I would say to people right now that some of our difficulty really, really, that was hard over an eight-year period God has so shifted. And I keep saying, I'm living in my prayers and declarations. Like I'm living in my prayers and declarations. Like the very things that I prayed about are happening, except for with the, you know, Ephesians 3.20 to them. They're better than I could have asked or imagined. God's just doing a new thing and it's better. But I'm also living in the declarations of my family is healed and whole. Or, you know, those kind of things that were not at the time. I was calling no. things that were not as though they were. Not because I was... Um, losing my mind and wasn't aware of my circumstance. I just believed it because it's got the nature of God in it. And it's in the forward place rather than always being nailing my foot to the past or something. So I just, I really, I, you don't have any idea. I'm a carrier of hope. I love, I'm a positive person. I believe God's word. I'm a woman of faith, but even an encourager needs encouragement. And yeah. I just want you to know you've been an encouragement and Wendy has been an encouragement to me. This whole ministry that you have has been an encouragement to me. And then I'm further able to encourage people. And I hope it goes both ways because I just want to encourage you. You go. I, I always say this podcast, be the real deal. Rachel Linaway, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. I just want to celebrate the way God packaged you, Steve, the, the humor, the funny stories, the the frailties, whatever, because it's part of how he's wired you to communicate and what he wants you to carry. And I'm just, I'm just really thrilled to even get a chance to chat with you because well, it's, it's vital to the world we live in right now. Well, it is. And, you know, I found out as I've been a follower of Jesus for 40 plus years. Wow. And I've, I've realized that there's always been a reason why I could be pessimistic. True. There's always a reason to be pessimistic. And, you know, my, my favorite definition of hope 
that I've been sharing a lot lately is that hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. Mm. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. And, and hope is this ingredient, why it's so powerful for us as leaders is because it's what causes us to pay a price. Because if we didn't think we could make things better, uh, then there, there's without a vision, the people perish. perish. So hope and vision are so tied together. And, and, and we're always, there's always a reason. There's always something trying to chip away uh, at our hope. And I, and, and I know hope is, you know, I didn't used to, I used to not want to listen to hope preachers because I thought, man, if I get my hopes up, you know, <laughs> I might get disappointed again. <laughs> and the Lord says, hey, there's two ways you can live. You can live a hopeless life and never be disappointed. Mm. Or you can live a hope-filled life with occasional disappointment. But you got to have hope. And, and so, yeah, just uh, I, I'm still on the journey. Yeah. There's, there's still yeah. lies that, you know, sound real to me at times. And I, you know, I'll camp in again. But, but I don't stay as long. Yeah. I don't stay as long as I used to. And, yeah. and that's exciting to me. It is so exciting. I, I say to people, you got to get out of your head and into God's heart. So good. You, you know, because it's up here that's stopping you. You got to get out of your head and into God's heart because you're right. We we haven't arrived. I'm sure there's things. But like you said, you maybe don't get stuck as long or, or as often. And that's a big thing when hope becomes more of the tipping point where you're more hopeful than pessimistic. You know, that there's, there's uh, yeah, the little beans. We used to play this thing. Don't spill the beans. There's more hope than just all the pessimism. So I just, I just thank you for sharing it. I thank you for joy. Um, I want to honor your time here, but I do know that joy is also the joy of the Lord is our strength and hope and joy. I think are great companions. They hold hands, they walk down the street together. And I just thank you for also spreading joy. Maybe sometime uh, we can address that one in the future, but I thank you for spreading joy and being a person who believes in joy. Your latest, um, email that I read talked about the wave of joy that was going through in the nineties and people, you know, balked at it and didn't want it. And maybe, maybe you can address that real quick and then you can pray whatever you want over the people. I'd love to pray for you, but what would you want to say in a nutshell? I know we're almost done, but what would you want to say about joy and how it's affected you? Well, Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy joy. Spirit. And when I first heard somebody say joy is one third of the kingdom, I thought, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's that important, but I found this out. I believe that it is one third of the kingdom because once you actually value joy and you say, I'm going to pursue it and not be passive about it. And one of the greatest questions we can ask ourselves, and it, it, it's, it, it's a, a tough question on one level. Why am I not radically joyful now? Mm. It's one of the most penetrating questions we'll ever ask ourselves because it'll force us to go after our, our God concept, our, our identity of who we believe we are. And, you know, it says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right. And, and I don't need strength at the end of the battle. I need strength in the middle of the battle. And I'm, you know, we all got things right now. Why? now's not a good time to be joyful. And obviously there's mourning seasons, et cetera. Right. But if, if it's a lifestyle of a lack of joy, then we're not going to have the strength that we need 
uh, in, in our lives. And so I do value uh, joy in a great way. Yeah, the, the, the podcast, the blog that you mentioned, you know, about I, I write in there just the, getting the, serious about joy. joy. It's a powerful one. Yeah, I love the title, Getting Serious About Joy. Yeah, you know, because okay. we think that, ser- you know, so often we think seriousness is being religious and, and so spiritual to be serious. But I love that, get, getting serious about joy. Oh, I'm serious about my joy because I need strength. Amen. I believe our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let me pray for Yeah, play. Hey, by the way, Rachel, Rachel thank you. Yeah. I just love your heart, the real deal. Thank oh. you so much. Thank you. For- so you pray for our audience. I'll pray a quick prayer over you and then we'll sign off. Thank you for your time, Steve. I so appreciate it. I know everybody just check out Igniting Hope Ministries, get on that podcast, do the books. There's so many things. I love Wendy's Victorious Emotions. I love you're crazy <laughs> if you don't talk to yourself. All of those things have been great resources. So release whatever you want, Steve, and then I'll just pray quickly for yeah, you. Yeah, Father, thanks. Thanks for those who are watching. Thanks for longstanding viewers. And thank you for the one who's tuned on for the first time. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would just... Uh, release a revelation over each one of the power of hope, your hope for them, the, the, the plans that you have for their future, they're good, they're full of hope. And, and Lord, just, uh, and by the way, I, I just released a, an impartation right now of the victories that I've won Hallelujah. over discouragement, over a lack of hope over bad beliefs and just re- and just release that. And I release the joy of the Lord over you like never before in Jesus name. In Jesus name. And father, I just thank you for what you're doing in Steve and Wendy's life. I just pray particularly for Steve, God, that you'd strengthen his frame, that you'd make him like that well-watered garden that you promise. And I thank you for his rest at night, God. I thank you that you promise that he will lie down and sleep in peace, not in pieces, but in peace before, because you're the one, God. You're the one that makes him dwell in safety. I ask God that you would continue to show or put your finger or shine a light on any little lie that may have crept in. And I ask for that to be laughed at and removed in the name of Jesus. If there's any hindrance, God, that prevents him from the greater influence, the greater things that you have planned, I just ask in the name of Jesus that that would be removed and and that he would run his race with victory, Lord. I thank you for what he's doing. I thank you for the things that he's been through that call him to be the one who carries a banner for others. And I pray, God, that he would run the race and he would know that you're the one that's right with him. So thank you for his life and his influence. And I just pray for each person, Lord, listening, that may the God of hope fill you, listeners and viewers, with peace and joy and hope because you are believing him. And may you Mm -hmm. overflow like you just are going to be like an artesian well that just keeps going and keeps going. May you overflow with hope, not because you grit your teeth, not because you're striving, but by the power of the Holy Spirit may happen in in Jesus name. And let me end the way my dad prayed. And that's been a way for me to just dedicate this real deal to um, to Richard Hagen. Lord, we ask for all the people listening. We ask that you would help us to be the best we can be. And we will thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Mm. Steve, thank you so much for this time. I so appreciate your giving your time and attention. And for the first time, I think I actually have both an audio that I'll use on the podcast and a video. So thank you for wonderful. Me so glad to be with you. Thank you. Bless you today. All right. Bye-bye.